Welcome to the Tech Meme Right Home for Friday, December 15th, 2023. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, did Google just kill geofence warrants? Intel wants you to know it's in the AI game. Could we get a foldable iPad before we get a foldable iPhone? Soon, maybe your TV really will be spying on what you say to deliver ads. The AI stuffed toy that Grimes has partnered with. And, of course, the weekend long read suggestions. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Google is confirming that it will no longer respond to geofence warrants after making recent changes to the way Maps stores users' location data, quoting the Electronic Frontier Foundation. Google announced this week that it will be making several important changes to the way it handles users' location history data. These changes would appear to make it much more difficult, if not impossible, for Google to provide mass location data in response to a geofence warrant, a change we've been asking Google to implement for years. Geofence warrants require a provider, almost always Google, to search its entire reserve of user location data to identify all users or devices located within a geographic area during a time period specified by law enforcement. These warrants violate the Fourth Amendment because they are not targeted to a particular individual or device, like a typical warrant for digital communications. The only evidence supporting a geofence warrant is that a crime occurred in a particular area and the perpetrator likely carried a cell phone that shared location data with Google. For this reason, they inevitably sweep up potentially hundreds of people who have no connection to the crime under investigation and could turn each of these people into a suspect. Geofence warrants have been possible because Google collects and stores specific user location data, which Google calls location history data, all together in a massive database called SensorVault. Google reported several years ago that geofence warrants make up 25% of all warrants it receives each year. Google's announcement outlined three changes to how it will treat location history data. First, going forward, this data will be stored by default on a user's device instead of with Google in the cloud. Second, it will be set by default to delete after three months. Currently, Google stores the data for at least 18 months. Finally, if users choose to back up their data to the cloud, Google will, quote, automatically encrypt your backed up data so no one can read it, including Google, end quote. So this is notable because it could nullify all geofence warrants going forward. And you know I generally steer clear of politics on this show, but let me explain why this is a big deal using a couple of newsy examples from recent years, sort of both sides this in air quotes. Geofence warrants have been used by police in incidents surrounding the Black Lives Matter protests and that riot at the Capitol on January 6th a few years ago. So now, that would no longer be possible. Intel wants you to know it is not going to be left behind in the AI revolution. They announced Gaudi 3, a generative AI chip in development since 2019, to take on NVIDIA's H100 and AMD's MI300X. The new chip is due to launch in 2024, but other than that, details are a bit scarce. Quoting Bloomberg, We've been seeing the excitement with generative AI. The star of the show for 2023, Intel CEO Pat Gelsinger said at a launch event in New York where he announced Gaudi 3 along with other chips focused on AI applications. We think the AI PC will be the star of the show for the upcoming year. Gelsinger added, and that's where Intel's new Core Ultra processors, also announced on Thursday, will come into play. Intel also announced Core Ultra chips designed for Windows laptops and PCs, and new fifth-generation Xeon server chips. Both include a specialized AI part called an NPU that can be used to run AI programs faster, end quote. But back to that Gaudi 3, Gelsinger 
Just mentioned it briefly at the end of the event. It seems to be a new AI accelerator targeting deep learning and generative AI. Intel's expanding Gaudi series boasts significant performance benefits, cost-effectiveness, and competitive pricing, according to the company. The whole Gaudi platform comes out of Intel's 2019 acquisition of chip developer Habana Labs. Sources are telling Nikkei Asia that Apple plans to deploy advanced OLED screens in high-end iPads in 2024 and in a MacBook model in the second half of 2025. And they are considering making foldable iPads. Quoting 9to5Mac, Over the last year, we've heard conflicting reports about which MacBook might be the first with OLED. Reliable Apple analyst Ross Young has said that the MacBook Air will be the first to make the switch, with Apple actively working on a 13.4-inch OLED display for the machine. Apple's primary focus for now is on transitioning the iPad lineup to OLED. Today's report points out that Apple has, quote, started evaluating the possibility of making foldable iPads, though, once the switch to OLED is complete. As of right now, however, Apple, quote, does not have a concrete timeline for its foldable iPad plans, end quote. That analyst they mentioned, Ross Young, anticipates that Apple may not release any foldable devices at all until at least 2025, exploring the idea of a 20-and-a-half-inch foldable notebook, which I guess would be what the foldable iPad would be. Despite varying reports, there's a shared expectation that a foldable iPad will debut before a foldable iPhone would. Supply chain projections, while reliable, are more prone to change the further out the forecast. OLED iPads are expected in 2024, whereas the launch of an OLED MacBook in 2025 is probably less assured. I quoted from 404 Media for the first time, I believe, yesterday, and today they're back with another scoop. Cox Media Group apparently claims to potential advertisers that it can let them listen to conversations of consumers through microphones and smartphones, smart TVs, and other devices, and use that to target ads. So you know that thing that you thought advertisers were already doing anyway? Well, maybe they're about to start. Quote, A marketing team within media giant Cox Media Group, or CMG, claims it has the capability to listen to ambient conversations of consumers through embedded microphones and smartphones, smart TVs, and other devices to gather data and use it to target ads according to a review of CMG marketing material by 404 Media and details from a pitch given to an outside marketing professional called Active Listening. CMG claims the capability can identify potential customers, quote, based on casual conversations in real time. The news signals that what a huge swath of the public has believed for years that smartphones are listening to people in order to deliver ads may finally be a reality in certain situations. Until now, there was no evidence that such a capability actually existed, but it's myth permeated due to how sophisticated other ad tracking methods have become. It is not immediately clear if the capability CMG is advertising and claims works is being used on devices in the market today, but the company notes it is, quote, a marketing technique fit for the future, available today. 404 Media also found a representative of the company on LinkedIn explicitly asking interested parties to contact them about the product. One marketing professional pitched by CMG on the text said a CMG representative explained the prices of the service to them. Claims about this capability raises obvious and immediate legal concerns. Intercepting communications without proper consent can violate wiretapping laws. CMG's website addresses this with a section that starts, We know what you are thinking. Is this legal? Yes, it is totally legal for phones and devices to listen to you. That's because consumers usually give consent when accepting terms and conditions of software updates or app downloads, the website says. 
Beyond CMG's website, very little information is available about the capability, including how exactly the data is gathered, be that via a software development kit or SDK bundled into apps or via collection at another point. For its part, Apple does alert iPhone users when an app is accessing the device's microphone with a small icon in the UI, end quote. I'm really getting worried about Cruise, y'all, like potentially Deadpool-level worried. Cruise has laid off 900 staff, or around 24% of its workforce, targeting non-engineering jobs as part of a plan to slash costs and attempt to revamp the company. Quoting TechCrunch, An email penned by newly minted president and CTO Mo Elshanawai was sent this morning to the entire 3,800-person workforce. The email, which TechCrunch has viewed, began with a resigned tone. Quote, We knew this day was coming, but... That does not make it any less difficult, especially for those whose jobs are affected. El Shanawai wrote, Workers were expected to be informed within the hour of receiving the company-wide email as to whether they would be losing their job, end quote. Nine senior leaders at Cruise have recently also been fired by the company's board amid basically a wholesale reshuffling of top positions, including appointing Craig Glidden as Chief Administrative Officer and John McNeil as Vice Chairman. This strategic shift comes after halting its origin robotaxi production and aligns with Cruz's goal of conserving cash and bolstering safety, as outlined by newly appointed President and former EVP of Engineering, El Shenawai. Let's be real for a minute. Most guys would wear a t-shirt every day of their lives if they could. The problem is that most t-shirts are not acceptable to wear at work or out on a hot date night. But today's sponsor, Cuts, has finally changed that. Cuts t-shirts are such high-quality, wrinkle-free, and so buttery soft that you can look like you're dressing up even when you're dressing down. Yeah, you heard that. Wrinkle-free. You never have to substitute comfort for fashion ever again. If you see me in a t-shirt, it's likely one from Cuts. I'm also a huge fan of their AO5 pocket pants, the right sort of step up from jeans without going all the way into dress pants, like literally my ideal Venn diagram of professional looking but comfortable feeling. When you touch something from Cuts, you can immediately feel the quality. Their proprietary fabric blends are ridiculously soft and breathable, they don't wrinkle, and they look way more expensive than they actually are. For a limited time, our listeners get 20% off your entire order when you use code RIDE at checkout. That's 20% off your order at CutsClothing.com with promo code RIDE. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Experience the perfect blend of style and comfort with Cuts Clothing. CutsClothing.com, promo code RIDE for 20% off. We all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on, but when it comes to your health, there is no compromise. So don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines, their family group chat, their crossword puzzles, just because they're available right now or they take your slightly sketchy insurance. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance, so literally no compromises here, because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. 
Once you find the doc you want, you can book them immediately. No more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. And these docs all have verified reviews from actual real patients. We're talking about booking appointments with tens of thousands of top-rated, patient-reviewed, credible doctors and specialists. I have personally used ZocDoc to find a podiatrist when I needed one for the first time ever in my life. Go to ZocDoc.com slash techmeme and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash techmeme. ZocDoc.com slash techmeme. A toy startup called Curio has launched three AI-powered plush toys, including one called Grok, which all use OpenAI's technology to converse with children in real time, and the toys are also voiced by Grimes. So I know, this is confusing. One of the toys is called Grok, which is what XAI, Elon's AI company, calls its chatbot, and the toys are voiced by Grimes, Elon's ex-girlfriend, who is also an advisor to the company in question, but the tech they're using is not Elon's tech, it's OpenAI tech. Is that clear? Okay, quoting the Washington Post. Grok is an AI-powered plush toy in the shape of a rocket that can converse with your child. Grok is the first product from a Silicon Valley startup called Curio that is leveraging OpenAI's technology on a line of toys Curio's founders say will be capable of long-running, fully interactive conversation, allowing a child to view it almost as a peer or friend. Every change in technology unlocks new forms of entertainment, said Sam Eaton, president and chief toy maker at Curio, who was previously an engineer at Roblox, the gaming platform. It's a different level of immersion for playtime, he said. Eaton said he thinks a lot about the screen-addled world his own children are growing up in, where so much of kids' entertainment is centered around passive consumption. That entertainment is only getting more addictive, he said. Finally, Eaton said, technology is allowing us to move back into our own reality instead of descending into a digital reality, end quote. Yeah, but haven't there been numerous horror movies about something like this? Curio says they want to give parents full control over Grok's conversations. This is their example, quote, If this is going to be a guest in the house, we want parents to have influence over what the toy believes, Eaton said. Maybe your family is vegetarian or religious and you want to influence conversation around those topics. Or maybe your kid has certain interests like dinosaurs and you want to put them in there. Eaton envisions Curio's toys as being advanced way beyond predecessors like Teddy Ruxpin and Furbies, aiming for them to exhibit a form of simulated consciousness. The accompanying Grok toy will feature a parent-friendly app offering full transcripts of the child's interactions with the toy with options to restrict specific words or subjects. Complying with the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, the toy will not retain voice data, and parents can delete transcripts on demand. You can pre-order Grok now for 99 bucks. Place your order by December 17th to get a special golden ticket delivered by Christmas. You won't get the toy by Christmas, though. It's shipping next year. Thus the ticket. Here's what Grimes had to say about the whole situation. Quote, The toy was designed for X and the other kids, she said of her family and of her eldest with Elon Musk. Quote, But X primarily because he's of age where he can actually talk to the toy and it can talk back more effectively. End quote. Time for the weekend long read suggestions. First up from Wired, a look at Ilya Saskevers, remember him, super alignment team at OpenAI and how it operates. Basically, they want to control stronger AI models like GPT-4 using weaker supervisor models like GPT-2. Quote, 
In a control experiment using OpenAI's GPT-2 text generator first released in 2019 to teach GPT-4, the most recent system became less capable and similar to the inferior system. The researchers tested two ideas for fixing this. One involved training progressively larger models to reduce the performance lost at each step. In the other, the team added an algorithmic tweak to GPT-4 that allowed the stronger model to follow the guidance of the weaker model without blunting its performance as much as would normally happen. This was more effective, although the researchers admit that these models do not guarantee that the stronger model will behave perfectly, and they describe it as a starting point for further research, end quote. Then this is an interesting theory put forth by Bloomberg. You know that big Tesla recall I told you about? It might have greater repercussions than we think long-term repercussions. Quote, the automaker's recall of 2 million cars comes after a top U.S. auto safety regulator found its driver assistance program failed to ensure drivers stay attentive. Lawyers representing crash victims and family members who have sued Tesla, some over fatal accidents, say the determination bolsters their claims that the autopilot system is defective and contributed to collisions. An increased threat of losses for Tesla in autopilot litigation across the U.S. could embolden others to challenge the technology in court and force the company to potentially pay victims millions of dollars in compensatory damages. Half a dozen lawsuits headed to trial in the next year in Florida, California, and Texas allege that Tesla allowed autopilot to be used on roads for which it wasn't designed, and that the technology failed to send sufficient warnings when drivers became disengaged. Lawyers leading the cases say these very issues are mirrored in the recall, end quote. And finally, from Wired Again, I talk about this group all the time because they're always uncovering things that we talk about on this show, so a look at Microsoft's 10-years-old digital crime unit that uses unique legal tactics and the company's technical reach to disrupt global cybercrime and state-backed actors. Quote, The DCU is fueled, of course, by Microsoft's massive scale and the visibility across the internet that comes from the reach of Windows. But DCU team members repeatedly told Wired that their work is motivated by very personal goals of protecting victims rather than a broad policy agenda or corporate mandate. A group with the name Digital Crimes Unit has existed at Microsoft since 2008, but the team in its current form took shape in 2013 when the old DCU merged with a Microsoft team known as the Intellectual Property Crimes Unit. The DCU's hybrid technical and legal approach to chipping away at cybercrime is still unusual, but as the cybercriminal ecosystem has evolved alongside its overlapping with state-backed hacking campaigns, the idea of employing creative legal strategies in cybercrime has become more mainstream. In recent years, for example, Meta-owned WhatsApp and Apple both took on the notorious spyware maker NSO group with lawsuits. Still, the DCU's particular progression was the result of Microsoft's unique dominance during the rise of the consumer internet. As the group mission came into focus while dealing with threats from the late 2000s and early 2010s, like widespread conficker worm, the DCU's unorthodox and aggressive approach drew criticism at times for its fallout and potential impacts on legitimate businesses and websites. There's simply no other company that takes such a direct approach to taking on scammers, Wired wrote in a story about the DCU in October 2014. That makes Microsoft rather effective, but also a little bit scary, observers say." End quote. So that whole Grimes and the AI toy thing is a very visual story. It's kind of worth seeing what the toys look like. Plus, they had a whole launch video that I can play in the background if I could show you videos. So as soon as I get this out the door, I'm going to try to republish that segment everywhere. On TikTok, on threads, on Twitter, and also at this new Instagram account I just set up, Tech Meme Ride Home Pod, all one word. 
We'll see if I can figure out how posting videos works on Instagram. Again, tech meme ride home pod, all one word. You'll be at the right one if you see the podcast logo. Also, this weekend, bonus episode, portfolio profile episode. What if I told you the Ride Home Fund has invested in a company that is creating a whole new product category, the first fitness app for your brain. It's a pair of smart glasses, but not like you're thinking, not Google Glass or anything like that. These aren't AR glasses. They're like Fitbit, but inside regular glasses, normal stylish glasses, but with tiny chips in them that track your eye movements all day and send that data to a smartphone app. Why would that be useful? Well, not only can these glasses track your eye health, tell you when you're risking eye fatigue or something like that, it can also tell you to take a break. And once it learns your workflow, it can tell you when you're cognitively at your best, your most creative mindset throughout the day. So it can tell you when you're in the flow state, your mind is the sharpest right now. You should be working now because you'd be doing your best work. It can also detect mental fatigue. So again, it can be like, dude, you're about to burn out, take a break. Or it can tell you, hey, get to work right now. And down the road with other biomarkers added, it could give early warnings about the possible onset of neurological issues so you can catch things like dementia and stuff like that early. Really cool stuff. And in fact, that is so cool. And it's so cool to see the demo of that device that I'm also posting that episode on our YouTube channel. Link will be in the show notes tomorrow. Yes, we also have a YouTube channel. We've had one for a long time. It's been a bit dormant, but maybe while you're there, if you check out the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel because you might be seeing some interesting things pop up there soon too. Anyway, if you just want to hear about the glasses, the MindLink Air, the episode will drop at the usual time tomorrow. Talk to you on Monday.